It's Sunday morning, good mo- and good morning to all of you. So glad you're here. My name is Dennis. Uh, this is kind of a, a really fun day. So for the very first time in his life, Noah Davis is at church today. He's all of what, five weeks old, four weeks old, five? Eight, oh my word. Okay, eight. He's practically aged. So we got to sing really quietly today. <laughs> No loud noises. Are you kidding me? Stand up. Let's sing. Let's go. God, move us with your presence this morning. Shake us with your word. Move us to trust you. We pray this in your name. You can have a seat. Well, again, we're so glad that you are here this morning. Uh, Today, you have uh, an exciting opportunity to hear from another one of our student uh, adult leaders, Don Yost. Don is one of the most dependable, reliable guys you could ever ask for. When I came on, uh, when... You need stability. You need someone who's literally always going to be there no matter what, no matter how many times you screw up. You always need that guy who's going to be there to say, it's all right. We'll get through this. And I have screwed up a lot. He has had many of those conversations with me. And he's also, I'm sure, he's, he's like God's texting service. When you need a text, when you need that uplifting message, Don is right there. It's like he, he's got that direct line from God, and he's like, oh, yeah, I know that you need a text today, or you need a hug today, and he is always there ready with those things. Uh, today, unfortunately, his message is a little different from that. <laughs> today, he's, he's not going to be as kind, not as nice, uh, but still I look forward to hearing what he has to say as we wrap up our series uh, in What's Your Why. So if you would, help me welcome Don on the stage. Thanks. See, you ruined it. I thought they were, you know, they're going to sit there and think I was a nice guy, and I was just going to hammer it home. But uh, yes, uh, you know what? This is this is a pleasure and an honor to do this. We Green Lake this year was another another incredible time for both the kids and the adults. I mean, it, it is a time where we are all experiencing change and and being touched by God. And we had four incredible speakers, and we already had three of those that you've heard. Uh, and it, just, just to see the kids, I, I mean, I can see a, f- a few of them in the front row now. And, and Green Lake has, from the time I've seen junior hires pass through our system and, and up to high school, and to see the change in them and, and the ways that they've changed me uh, has been, been a, a, an incredible blessing. So let's, let's open in prayer real quick. Heavenly Father, we just come before you now. We, we thank you for this time that you've given to us this morning. We thank you for uh, those in the room and uh, their willingness to uh, spend their time here uh, listening to you. Uh, Lord, I pray that your words uh, would flow through me, uh, that I would not hinder them, that, uh, that they would be able to touch uh, each and every person, Lord. I thank you for this. I thank you for this time. Uh, just bless it, Lord. Your name. Amen. So like I said, we had, we had four, four speakers, and you've already heard from Brian, and he talked about what's your why. Hopefully you've had a chance to figure that out, to spend some time thinking about what is your why. Uh, 
Then we had Dennis up at Green Lake. You got to hear his message right after Green Lake, but we had Dennis up there, and he actually gave us a challenge and an opportunity to know Christ. And one of the coolest things that, that I remember from Green Lake is we had a campfire at the very end, and, and Dennis gave the kids a challenge, and he already told you about this, but boy, it, it, it just it hit right here to, to hear him say, listen, you know, if you're going to stand with Christ, if you're going to say, I, I stand for Christ, then he, he had this stick that they could throw into that fire. And they could, in front of their peers, in front of the other adults in the room, say, I stand for Christ. But the coolest thing was that he told those who, who didn't want to make that decision, don't be wishy-washy. If you're going to say no, no, and take that stick and throw it into the forest. Because you know what? And this was the coolest part. He said, God's going to track you down. He's coming after you. He wants to know you to know him. It was, so, it was so incredible, so impactful. And then we got to hear from John and him selling candy, not selling candy bars, but trying to eat a candy bar. But I think the most impactful thing for, for me from his message was that piece of paper that was hanging right here, that blank sheet of paper. God's mercies are new every morning, every morning. We need to remember that. Well, mine is once you've made that decision, right, and you, you made the decision to follow Christ, and now you're moving on in your Christian walk. Mine's what's your excuse? Why aren't you living your life, your Christ-like life, to the fullest? What's holding you back? What are the things that, that are, are, are getting in your way? What are those hurdles? What's your excuse? Now, we're going to get into that real quick here with 1 Peter 2.16. And it says... Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up of evil, but living as servants of God. Now, we can stop right there. Message over. Done. That is what I want to speak about. Everything that I'm going to say for my is going to support that verse. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up of evil, but living as servants of God. But we're going to explore that a little bit more. First, let me share you with, a, with you a little story about my brother-in-law who was in the Air Force. So his, his time in the Air Force as a cadet was very incredible. He's a big guy, big football player. I was telling the, the kids, the guy was massive. Played football for the Air Force and, and just, you know, just a, a really big guy. Nobody messed with him. But the one thing they told him, his leaders told him when he first got into the, as a cadet, he said, they said, you have three phrases that you can use. Yes, sir. No, sir. No excuse, sir. Three, three phrases. Three phases, that, that, that's it? I mean, how can you ask only, only of us to say those three things? Those were the only things we could say? You know what? The reason why they, they had those phrases was the, those, the, their leaders were teaching them respect, building their character, and building unbridled trust. You see, these soldiers were, were going to be on the front lines. They were going to be fighting for the, the, the freedoms that we enjoy. They were going to be willing to lay their lives down for us. And in that moment, when that order was given, those soldiers, men and women, had to act. They had to act. See, now God calls us to be cadets, 
as Christ followers, he gives us plainly evident instruction for life in God's word. So what excuses do we have? I'm sure you can think of some. I'm going to give you my top three. Number one, everyone else is doing it. (laughs) I start with one that catches everyone. This is a good one, right? Everyone else is doing it. You've heard it from little kids, and adults say it the same way. See, whether we are Christ followers or one with the world, this excuse is given as a way for us to compromise. We compromise in our speech, in what we say, how we say it, the words that come out of our mouth, foul language. We do it with our, what we watch. There's so many things nowadays that we can watch on our phone and on, and on our computer and our TV, the movies we watch, the shows we go to. It's what we do. Whether we choose to be part of the party scene, the venues that we choose to go to, the abuse of drugs, alcohol, the list can go on and on. What does God say about this? We find that in Romans 12, 2 through 4. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what, his, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So what do these verses mean? They mean you need to look different than those around you. God wants your light. He wants to show this light off. People should notice the difference in you and what you choose to do. And those things that you choose are not of this world. You need to be willing to separate yourselves from those that you know are moving in the wrong direction. The test for this is if you're about to do something, you're about to say something, you're about to watch something, and you get that hmm moment, it means you stop. You stop because the Holy Spirit right now is, is tap, tapping on you. Would God say well done in the circumstances that you're in? Can you say yes sir, no sir, no excuse sir in what you're choosing to do or not to do? Our next excuse, excuse. I don't have time for that. Now, as parents, you've probably heard this from kids, but you've probably also used it yourself. I don't have time for that. Busy People are busy. I definitely get this. We have jobs. We have school. We have work. We have, we have competitive sports. We have hobbies. We have vacations. We have to get to vacations, right? We have shopping, gaming. We have working out. I mean, who doesn't like to work out, right? And then there's the all-important me time. I need my me time. But you say, isn't it enough that I try to get to to church on Sunday morning? Isn't that enough? Look at the effort I'm putting out. Have you ever heard of the story of John Harper? Oh, I told him he had to bring him up here so I could hold him. (laughs) The story of John Harper on the Titanic. Now, I hadn't heard of this story until a few weeks ago, and I I do believe God brought that uh, to me just for this purpose right here. You see, as John Harper's life unfolded, it was very clear he was consumed by the Word of God. John Harper was married only for a short time uh, before his wife passed, Uh, but they did have a daughter named Nana. Now, when John Harper boarded the Titanic, he brought along his daughter, Nana, as they were on their way to Chicago 
he to become the new pastor of Moody Church. Some of you would know what Moody Church is downtown. But we all know what happened to the Titanic the night that it struck a, a, an iceberg. As soon as it appeared that the ship was going to sink, John Harper took his daughter, ran her to a lifeboat, and put her on a lifeboat. Kissed her, said he loved her, said he would see her again soon. But you see, John Harper, as a widow, had every right to jump right into that lifeboat with her. He was the only parent that she had left. But he had other things to do. There was no excuse. John Harper, up until the last moment, pleaded with those on the boat to give their life to Christ. And as that boat sunk beneath the water, leaving hundreds in the icy water, John Harper didn't stop there. He swam from person to person, giving them the gospel. He went to one specific person, and he gave him the gospel. And the man said, no, mm -mm, I'm not doing that. And so John Harper took off his life jacket, handed it to him, and said, you need this more than I do. And he swam off. Now, it just happens that John Harper made his way back to that same very man and again gave him the gospel, told him how Jesus loved him, told him how he died for his sins, and the man accepted. And not long after that, John Harper succumbed to the the icy water and died. And that man at at a, a Titanic reunion got to say that, I was the last convert of of John Harper, the last person that he was able to lead to the Lord. James 1, 22 through 25 says, but prove yourself doers of the work and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he is. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, God's word, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Sunday is every day. Don't make that excuse. You and me changing daily to be more like him by reading God's word, applying God's word, praying, praising, and doing. Are you just one who gets a glimpse of God on Sunday morning and then walks out those doors and forgets, just like the man in the mirror? Busyness of life is no excuse. Don't got time for that? God states you must. You must. Yes, sir. No, sir. No excuse, sir. Let's get to our last excuse. I don't want to. I know better. Now, my wife says, what is the middle, middle letter in sin? And this is, this is funny because, you know, high school and junior high, they're just learning to spell at that point, right? Um, and so, just kidding. So it's I. Yes, yes, the letter I. And that is scary. God, the God of creation, the God who created you and me, the God who raised Jesus from the dead, we're telling him that we know better. You know what? It's a very silly excuse. But some of those people in, in, the, in the Bible that you've heard of have used this excuse, that they know better. 
God gives us some examples. Let's think of it. Here, here's a couple of them. Jonah, right? When he was told what he had to do, where he had to go, what did he do? He ran. He took off. He's getting as far away from, from, from that situation as he can because he knew better, right? They didn't deserve, deserve me speaking to them. They didn't deserve God's word. What did God do? He sent a really big fish. What about Moses? Moses stuttering, can't speak. He's, you know, I, I, I can't speak in public. God, you know, and God wants him to go and speak to thousands of people and to be their leader. He says, God, I can't do that. That's not me. You know, what, what, was God, what does God do? He sends a burning bush. Amazing. But you say, you know, th- those are Bible story guys. Don, what, you know, that's just, that's, that's in the Bible. What about real life? What about Don? Yeah, what about Don? Don's had a lot of hurdles to deal with. Most recently, as hopefully you can see, made sure I wore a short sleeve shirt today, um, I had cancer. It, This happened a little bit before Green Lake started. And, uh, sorry. I didn't, I, I didn't think I was going to go up. I thought, you know what, what, what can I do? I was going to be all arm just locked into one place. Can't get it dirty. What am I going to do? What type of leader am I going to be to these kids? And I have people who love me saying, saying you know, Don, if, if, if you can't go, it's okay. And I know they love me. They were looking out for my best interest. But deep down inside, the Holy Spirit was going like this. Don, you need to be there. You need to go. I have plans for you. So I went. God's right. It was an amazing time. An amazing time for for me to, to, to see kids, to talk with kids, students. I, I, saw, I saw young men cry in front of me. And I heard great stories of faith from, from young ladies. And I wouldn't, I, I, I'm so thankful that, that, that God prompted me to go. You see, the, about the third morning in, I found out that the... The report came back that they had gotten it all. I was cancer-free. And I tell you, it, it, it felt like an elephant sat on my chest. I couldn't breathe. And it was because, you know what? Even though I said, God's got this. I'm human. And I know I lacked in that faith. And more, more importantly... It was a realization that when I found out that news that, yes, God has a plan. He has a plan for your life. I don't want to. I know better. Follow after what God has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. What do these promises mean? Trust. They mean trust. Trust him with everything. Trust him in the way that you're going. Trust him in the things that are ahead of you. Absolutely do not lean on your own understanding about your life choices. If you do, you'll be on unstable ground. Yes, sir. No excuse, sir. You see, there's good news for this plan. And God states this in John 15, 1 through 8. It says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot bear fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in him will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Lastly, now I was just speaking to those who have already accepted Christ, already made Christ their forgiver and leader. For, for anyone in this audience that, that hasn't made that decision yet, I'm not going to say what's your excuse. What's your reason? What reasons are you giving today? Do you think you're not good enough? Do you think you're, you're, you're just too far gone for Jesus to save? Are you not feeling qualified as a cadet for Christ? Could be, could, it could be any of the three that we talked about this morning. But God says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What do these verses mean? It's how you become a Christ follower. And we've said it from this podium, this stage, so many times. And we talk about the ABCs with the students. And we talk about the ABCs with you too, because it's that easy. One, you admit that you've done wrong things. You admit that you've sinned. Things that separate you from God. B, you believe that Jesus was sent to die and pay the penalty for our sin. And C, you choose to live a life that honors him. A life that you put God in charge. Today we can repent and change our attitude, actions, and life. No excuses can be our motto. Together we can encourage each other in this daily life-changing process. God has called each one of us to respect him and his words, to build our character, to reflect God, and to trust him with unbridled trust. That's praying. Heavenly Father, we just come before you now. We Thank you so much for uh, this time. We thank you that uh, you've given us an opportunity uh, to set our lives back on track, to 
remember the, the no excuse motto. Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to, when we get into those situations that, that we see, that we pause, that we say, hmm, that we stop because we know that what you're doing is, is tapping us on the shoulder. Lord, I, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for the time and the words that you've given to me. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Just say thanks with me. Okay. Misty commented earlier, I think Don's spoken a handful of times at church, and she's never been here for him to speak. So um, best he's ever done by a country mile. You did great. Awesome, awesome, good stuff, very good stuff. I few things to kind of you know, get in mind with this, with this whole, with this whole teach, Don's in particular. Um, the kids were obviously aware that he had had surgery. Kids weren't aware that he was waiting for the results of tests. And I, I don't know, I, I, for me that some of us did know, and we're kind of walking that week with a, with a heaviness with him. And it just, it really reminds me of what what a normal Sunday morning is like, you know, that um, you never know what a person's carrying. You truly never know the burden a person is carrying into the room. And um, there are some people that might be carrying that burden with them, but for the most part, uh, you don't know. And I'll tell you what, the way, the way he just throughout that week participated so fully it, it would have been easy to stay home, not just because of all the other things, but to say, right now, I just need to focus on me. And, and he, he didn't, you know, no excuse. Even for him in that moment, there was truly no excuse. It was beautiful, beautiful statement. To, to participate <clears throat> in a completely new way for God. Right. Because if you know anything about Dr. Oh, my word. the guy literally does everything. Uh, whenever we have a wedding here or uh, when we have events... He's strong as bull, yeah, like someone else. Like yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's here setting up chairs. He's here, you know, tearing things down until late at night. It doesn't matter what the task is. He's there and he's hands-on and he wants to lift. He wants to use those muscles to all of God's glory. And he had to stop right. that week. And I think it was, it was hard for, for us who knew... Yeah. To watch him go through that, but yeah. let me t- the relief that we had the morning we found out that news. I mean, and that was you found out the day of your teach, right? Yeah. yeah. So the day yeah. of his teach, as he's telling these kids, uh, you know, hey, what's or he's asking these kids, what's your excuse? And he's literally telling them, by the way, in case you didn't know, I had cancer. Uh, mm. It's just unbelievably really powerful. powerful. It was fun to have fun with him, too. I mean, someone who loves to work, to sell the kids, what, they all got 10 bucks if they saw you lifting anything? Uh, too bad you had to sell your house. I mean, uh, it was crazy. We're all saying, yeah, Elam's not even going to be able to go to school after all this. So it was, uh, it was, it was just, it was beautiful. I, I, love, I love the way God will, will teach a speaker a lesson before they speak the lesson. And there was no clearer example of no excuse, boom, here's an easy opportunity to make an excuse. And he didn't. So it was just, it was incredible. Very, very good. Do you have anything else you want to add to, you know, wrapped up next week, I guess the normal guy's going to come back and start talking again. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, 
I just want to add, like, when we, when you send your kids off to be with us at Green Life, we are so appreciative that, that you trust us to teach them and to lead them. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. Obviously, they, they come home to you, and everything that we teach, that's only a seed. That's only a seed that we plant. And they, they really learn and they grow from watching you, mm. from watching your example each and every day, day in, day out, whether it's your kids, the kids on your block, your grandkids. It doesn't matter. The, the children who are in your lives, I, I just want to be encouraging you or encouraging to you today to, to take these messages to heart. Don't just listen and say, oh, that's nice. I'm glad the kids heard that. Take it to heart and live it out so that they can watch and they can grow up and watch you. Yeah, I, and I think along the lines of no excuse, we have no excuse to not live out godliness in front of our kids. But sometimes we don't. And that's an opportunity to apologize. It's an opportunity to say, I didn't get it right. And rather than in a, in a moment of pride, you know, withholding that, to actually say, I didn't get it right. And I think that apology sometimes, my goodness, that goes even further sometimes than doing everything right and perfectly. So... Um, our servers are going to come right now and receive the offering. While they do, let me just remind you again, you've been, you've been getting the links again and uh, opportunities. Just go ahead and hit that open button, sign up for things, learn about things. So um, groups, groups are the big thing right now. You know, a lot of people will make the comment that uh, they come to a church, they don't feel connected. Truth be told, you're going to have a hard time feeling connected on a Sunday morning. Look at what we're doing right now. We're sitting side by side in silence staring at me. That doesn't make for a, a very connective moment, does it? But when you get into a group, you get the opportunity to form friendship, to talk together, to discuss something. You know, something is raised and you can say, wait, stop, I need to know more about that. So uh, check out those groups, so important. I, I practiced what I preached this week and I signed up for three journey groups all Woo. using the app. It could not be easier, people. Make sure you go in and you, and you use the app because once more, just so you know, if you, if you sign up through the app, that's how a, the leader can reach out and communicate with you if they don't have your number, if they don't have your email address, they can let you know, uh, they can send you messages through the app. Uh, to let you know about their group. So go ahead, download that Church Center app and get signed up today. And if you have app phobia, you can still go to the website, go to the groups link and sign up there. So you've got either opportunity to do that. So make sure you get signed up for those groups. And you're on normal tonight, Wednesday, yep. as normal as it comes. All right, wonderful. Let me just, I want to read this uh, gospel passage this morning, because it fits so well with what Don spoke about. And I think it really, it, it drives home that idea of what is your excuse for not being a wholehearted follower of Jesus? It, the, the passage is entitled, The Cost of Being a Disciple. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sister. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction on a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone will laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish. 
Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against them? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss the terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So, you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. No excuse. No excuse. We're going to move to communion right now. You have two stations on the back wall, two to the sides of the platform, and two on the edges of the platform that offer a gluten-free option. And we're going to be singing a song that I think is one of the most beautiful songs of invitation for communion. Come as you are. Come as you are. Wherever you are today, God is calling you where you are to come to him. And that beautiful line, come sit at the table, come taste the grace. Today we get literally to taste the grace of God in our mouths and to know that it was Jesus who came and died for our sins so that we could have eternal life. And while you move to those tables, you might think about your excuse. You might even today choose to leave your excuse at the table, leave your excuse at the cross. So why don't you stand and we'll sing and go to communion. words in the song that I've never paid attention to the fact that every chorus is different. <laughs> the first one says, there was another in the fire. So way back then with Daniel, there was another there. And the second chorus says, there is now with us. And then the third chorus says that there will be, there always will be. So no matter where you are, you're coming as you are, God is with us. God is with us in this fire, no matter what you're going through. Again, that message, you're never alone. You're never alone. Jesus is always with you. Good times, bad times, you are never alone. Uh, Don, I want to say thanks again. Beautiful job today. The one goal, though, of every guest speaker is to make the normal guy look good. You know, to cause people to say, oh, I can't wait till he comes back. It's 9.52. Eight minutes early. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to go to like 10.20, you know? Oh, well, it was a great message, a great morning. Um, a couple things that I know you'll want to know about, just kind of fun. So uh, yesterday was Jason Aubrey's first game at Concordia. 
44-6. Boom. So that was a happy day. If you see him, you got to congratulate him. That was awesome. And how fun is it this morning? Brandon, I mean, I remember you as a little boy holding a baseball. I remember you holding a game controller at our house and to watch you this morning holding your baby. That was, that was a blast. I just, I love that. That was so awesome. What a, what a beautiful time. So next week, Next week, we're going to break into just a standalone message, probably one of the most important conversations we will have this side of heaven, and it's simply called the question, be here, be here. You got to know how you're going to answer this question. You got to know. So now it is (laughs) 9.53. (laughs) So you're not allowed to leave the room until you say, Hi to somebody today that is not related to you. We'll see you later.